Boise State Basketball Podcast. I am your usual co-host, Nick Carinanti, and here, as always, with Peter Huguenin. Today, I am doing the introductions for one reason, and that is because Peter has bronchitis. So, we apologize for the time off. We were traveling. We hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Hanukkah to all those who celebrate. And... We knew we had to get back in the studio after tonight's game. We have a lot to talk about. We want to kind of address this as a state of the union, state of the season type thing. Talk about the last couple games. Talk about Dutrieve and the roster as it is currently looking like. Tonight, we're recording this right after the, the win against Tulsa. Uh, not a great game, but a great game in some aspects. And a big win. We can't complain about any wins at this point in the season. We'll we'll get more into it. Pete, how are you feeling? How's the throw? Uh, it's been better, but we're 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 doing we're getting better. I I was barely talking like three days ago, so um, feeling a lot better there. Um, yeah, literally right after the game, I have to give a shout out to uh, Nick. Literally doing this podcast in the car on the way home. Mad respect, dedication. Well, look. We, I, we could have waited a little while, but I was very excited by this game and had a lot, a lot of takes to get off. So let's get right to it. It has been a few games since we've last recorded. We spoke right before the, the Thanksgiving tournament. We talked about potentially recording again if we won a couple games in there. Based on how that turned out, didn't warrant that. We had a scheduled live pod. Pete and I were together in California, which was then when we lost to UC Bakersfield. I don't think anyone would have wanted to hear what we had to say that night. It was it was a little too dark and cynical even for us. Came back. We literally came back in California. Pete finished his road trip across the country. An inexcusable game to St. Louis. Governor Dutrieve had been taken out of the starting lineup, did not play against St. Louis. Then has has then since been kicked off of the team, leading into today's game against Tulsa at home again, and another game that was closer than it probably should have been. Pretty inexcusable in regards to the simple mistakes, turnovers, missed free throws. It was not pretty, but as mentioned before, can't complain about any wins. So. Let's start out with, with the losses. Pete, how are you feeling right now? Right now, I'm in a really difficult spot. Um, I, I don't think, in order to talk about how I feel right now, I kind of have to talk about how I got here. And I think it's going to be similar to yours, but I want to kind of go broad picture first. The tournament wasn't the worst. Obviously, getting a win against St. Bonaventure would have been nice, but I don't think that was something that we necessarily expected, and we didn't do horrible, all things considered. And then we go and we... That was a a great win against... Ole Miss. Miss. And it was a good win against Temple. A dominant win against Temple. That That was one of the best we've looked. And then we... However, then, then we followed up with absolute pathetic... 39-point offensive outing against Cal State Bakersfield at home. 
absolutely horrible. And not only that, that was Cal State Bakerfield's first win of the season against a D1 opponent. I don't want to overreact. I don't want to play doom and gloom. I've heard that we've been too negative on the pod before. But I think that if the goal is to make the NCAA tournament, we now have one and only one route to get there, and that is to win the conference tournament. We've seen team. If we were to win out, win the regular season Mountain West, and lose in the Mountain West tournament, we've seen teams with better resumes get left out. And we're really, honestly, the most frustrating thing is it's the first week of December. We shouldn't already be in this state where it's Mountain West tournament or bucks. And that's especially the- when you think when you think back just a few short weeks ago when we were doing our preseason pod about how easy the out-of-conference schedule was on paper and how we should be able to get a, a decent resume boost just with wins with with a weak schedule. And that was not expected to lose to teams like St. Louis and Cal State Bay. And that's the concerning part is if we are losing to those teams, struggling against Tulsa, what does that mean for when we play Colorado State, who has lived up to all the hype and then some. But I, I do want to focus on some of the positives. Um, we looked really good in the tournament that we didn't get to talk about, which isn't, I mean, timing-wise that we didn't get to talk about, but we looked really good, and I was really excited after that tournament. Our defense has been insane. Some of the best defense that Boise State has probably played in the last five to six years. Just inefficiency on offense and inability to make free throws are haunting us still. And it's it's one of those that I don't want to get too down, and I'm still going to watch every game. I still hope the best for this team, and I think there's still goals that we can achieve but it does kind of have that feeling where there's going to be games late in the middle of January and early February where it's going to be like, why am I watching this? Like, feels like a chore. I, I think even the wins have felt like chores. <coughs> I think tonight's a perfect example of that. Where, I mean, we, the spread was 8.5 to open up, I believe. Closed at 9.5. At no point did I think that we were going to cover 8.5 before the game, and at no point during the game did I think we were going to cover the 8.5 spread. But we won. I think the thing is, look, I I clearly am a little more negative than you right now, but it's just so frustrating to watch this offense. (laughs) And I mean, every time, like, and I've made the joke with you before, but what offense? What offense? This team doesn't have an offense. We don't have set plays that we run to score. We don't get open looks. We don't have shooters that can create their own shot. It- yeah, you know, I was talking to a friend of, friend of ours, friend of the pod, about this team. And I think he summarized it well, which is we don't have players that can create shots for themselves. And we don't have coaches that can create shots for them. Exactly. And... Almost all our, I'd really be curious to see what percentage of our points come in transition compared to other teams, because I feel like almost all our points have to, like, we have a super high percentage of our points come in transition, because that seems to be the only way we can score. You know, but I I do, we'll talk about everything, we're going to kind of loop back and 
games as we go. But I, I do want to talk about the game that's fresh, the Tulsa game that just finished. I think one thing is clear. We talked about who would be the guy on this team. And you talked about Shaver. I talked about Acott. We talked about the idea of uh, a sort of offense by committee where every every game has a different leading scorer and there's not really one clear-cut guy as opposed to some of the, the teams in the past, either Derek Marks and Chandler Hutchison's and Derek Austin's, where it was like one guy and then role players. This being a team that's more evenly dispersed and everybody's kind of in that 12 to 15 point scoring range. I, I do think that's fair. And if you look at tonight's box score, that's pretty true. Shaver hit some big shots. He scored, put up some points. Degenhardt, I think, had 11. But it is really, really, really clear to me that there are two guys that everything runs through, and we are lost without them offensively. They're the only two that can create for themselves and others, really. And that's no disrespect to Marcus Shaver. Again, Degenhardt's been great recently. I'm happy to see him in the starting lineup. But this team is Abu Kijab and Emmanuel Acott. And when we are going to win games, it is going to be because of them. It is going to be because Acott is getting hot from three. It is going to be because Kijab is getting to the rim at will. And it is going to be because they are creating for others. Even when you look at the big shaver three from tonight off a Kijab kickout. We have the alley-oop off the steal. They are two. They are two best defensive players by a wide margin. They are the two that create steals and turnovers to lead to transition. They are the two athletes that can push the tempo. And it is clear that the buck stops with those two, and that we need every single bit that they can provide for this team to succeed. I agree completely, and I mean, I mean the coaching staff believes that too. They took twenty-three of our forty-five shots between those two players. You had Shaver in; that's thirty-four of our forty-five shots right there. Um, it really is those two, and I mean Shaver played well tonight. Um, Shaver had was tied for seventeen points. Uh, Shaver had seven of our sixteen assists, but. A lot of that, I feel, was set up from ACOT and Kijab, and you get a lot of what Rice likes to refer to as hockey assists there. Yeah, a lot of hockey assists. The team is just barely lacking a, a, pure, a true point guard, a true playmaker creator. I said in preseason that I thought ACOT could handle a lot of that. He's a great passer. I think it's an underrated aspect of his game. That hasn't been the case so far. There's been a lot of turnovers. I think a lot of the struggles offensively is that there's no one running the show. It's a little disjointed, discombobulated. And that's going to be a problem all year. Yeah. And I've, I've been... Acott is the one that has been taking the ball up, I think, most successfully. Acott and Kijab are the ones that are facilitating, even though... I think both guys have reputations for kind of being ball stoppers, ISO scores. They are the ones that, that draw defensive attention and have the most creation ability because of that. 
Shaver makes good extra passes, but the the self creation isn't really there. The the primary creation isn't really there. Yeah, and I mean, even I mean, Kijab and Akut are our best players, but even they're not great offensive generators. Um, but they're the best we have by far, and it's not particularly close. No, I think clearly, clearly, the problem is that we don't have great half court offensive creators. We don't have great playmakers. That's our our biggest struggle offensively is we're, we're missing that. We need a, a pure point guard. We're missing whether it would have been Ray J. Dennis or if Marcus Shaver could have been that, a, a guard that can create, a guard that can probe and and make things happen in the half court. It's just not us. That person doesn't exist in this roster. The poor roster construction, the, the, the fit is just a little wonky. Akon Kijab are isolation scores. I've seen plenty of hate on those two for not being the prettiest style of basketball. Um, they're both incredibly important and really everything to this team. And it's probably not a good thing for this team that that's the case. Yeah. Um, those guys would be better served if, if Acock could play a more R.J. Williams-type role where he's, you know, a little bit of a bruiser, a short roll man that is getting the ball off the pass and getting to the rim and then doing some pick-and-pop stuff. I could see a world in which Acott is a, an unbelievable second option here because of that secondary playmaking type of ability. We're just asking a lot of, of those two players, and they delivered tonight, Kijab in particular, in our wins, Kijab's been great. So I want to give those two a lot of credit. I, I really appreciate what they're bringing to the team. I, I don't think Leon Rice is putting them in, putting them in a place to win. For sure. They're shining stars uh, when there's not many stars there. Will anything else from this game stick out? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a kind of, look, this is going to just sound like me hating. And I understand that. And that's fine. But why is Max Rice on the court? I mean, we'll, we'll get into the Dutrieff situation we have to. And, and Max Rice is, is a part of that. He's a result of that. But, man, Max Rice is not shooting the ball. He's not shooting the ball He's well. He's scared to shoot. He's not shooting the ball well. But more so than that, he is not shooting the ball. He is open. He is getting kickouts. There were a couple of passes from Akai Kijab in particular that I can remember where he gets a good swing. Degenhardt hit him once wide open, and he's just swinging it again. He cannot be on the court if he is not going to shoot. What else? What other purpose does he serve? Hey, you want to hear a crazy stat that I heard today that I didn't realize until after I heard it? Max Rice, zero three-pointers the entire season. Hasn't made, crazy. A, hasn't made a single it's one. It's crazy because that's why he's on the team, but it's not crazy because it doesn't feel like he's ever made a shot. It barely feels like he's shooting this year. He took six of them. Yeah, I don't know what you can say the purpose of Max Rice is. 
Is he playing better defense than I think he is? No. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I suppose defensively he's an upgrade from Kuzmanovic. I guess. He's scored three points this whole year. Yeah, I think Kuzmanovic has been significantly better offensively. Yeah, um, and I don't think he's that much of a drop-off defensively. He's been abused defensively. St. Louis was targeting him every time. Yeah, I guess you can't quite target Rice. like, But even Rice was targeted um, tonight a little bit. What was his name for Tulsa? Um, Horn. Whenever Horn got matched up one-on-one of him, he was just pulling back and making them. Making tough shots, he making tough shots. Yeah, and I mean, this does really go back to the whole Dutrie thing. The yeah, so we got to get into it. I want to give some caveats to this before we do. I want to handle this conversation with some nuance. I think it's a little more gray than it's being made out to be. We don't know the details. We don't know all the specifics. There's a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation. And look, as a Boise State basketball podcast, we have to talk about it. And we have to acknowledge it. But I think... So let's go over the facts first. The things that are undisputable that we know for sure. And then we can get into some of the hearsay if we want to. And okay, let's do it. So the facts are he didn't play against St. Louis when... Played 13 minutes. Uh, 13 minutes. He, he got, didn't start. He got, pulled from the, he got pulled from the starting lineup for Tyson Degenhardt. Um, today it was announced that he was no longer with the team. Last night there was a photo on his Instagram of him in New York. And I'm trying to find Leon Rice's quote. With this team, for us to win a championship, it's going to be if we get everybody pulling the rope in the same direction and everybody converting to a 100% team mindset. In this day and age, that's a challenge anyways. Yep, and that was after asked about Dutrieve. So that is what we know for sure. Is there anything else I'm leaving out that is like known for sure? Known for sure, no, that's it. Alright, so, just given that, just what, do we want to get into the hearsay first, or just your thoughts on what we know? Let's get into the hearsay. Alright, um, do you want to lead that part? Yeah, so it's, it's basically assumed from everything that we've read and seen that he was upset that he was, uh, <coughs> Taken out of the starting lineup for Degenhart, threw a tantrum, got Kofi, and kind of just quit on the team. And yeah, so I mean, all we really know, and that does line up with the fact that he was pulled out of the starting lineup. That's the fact. The the body language doctors out there, him looking like he didn't care on the bench, him looking sulky. We can't really speak to any of that. We don't know what happened between him and Leon Rice. We don't know what conversations were had. Um, I've seen a lot of like diva type labels thrown out. I've seen a lot of 
tantrum type words to describe his behavior. I I don't know. I, I don't feel super comfortable to throw that sort of judgment on him. And I know we have heard a couple other things from sources about Nutrient And I want to give a caveat of this. If this is a source that is two sources away from the team. We have heard it. And we are going to acknowledge it. We are not saying that this is true. We are not saying, <sighs> stating that this is the fact. Pete, go ahead. So from a source of a source, we have heard that uh, the exact quote is, I have good account that his issues stem from academic misconduct. He missed the first half of last season because he had a 1.1 GPA. My guess is it's something similar here, end quote. In my opinion, when you hear something like that, you have to wonder if that's him not buying in all the way like Leon Rice hinted to. Is he just not investing in the academic part, just not investing in the team? It, there seems to be a lot more to this than just one game. So, and I, there's probably questions that we will have that will never be answered. But if you're not going to buy in, that is not a player that you necessarily want on your team. And it's obviously a player that Leon Rice doesn't want on his team. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a little more sense. And that could speak to why he was taken out of the starting lineup in the first place. Just, just speculation, as, as we keep saying. But I think that would add another layer to the story that could make sense. We know how Leon Rice is. He, he talks a, a big game about student athletes and does really like the, to preach about them being students first. That coupled with the fact that this is not a the, the first time, this is not a, a one-time thing, this is not something that has happened overnight. You could assume that if this is to be the case, based off of last year, that Nutrieve has been talked to about his grades, talked to about his effort, talked about his, his buy-in, if you will, with nothing changing, more issues, the repetition of it. Could have led to him being taken out of the starting lineup, hurting his minutes. That parlayed with everything else being the finishing touch for his attitude and enough for Leon Rice. You can see a world in which that's the case. That makes sense. I don't, I don't know if, if that's exactly the case. It could have just been he's shooting like 22% from three this year. Let's try Dagenard is better shooter. Yeah. It might have been that simple. It might have been immature petulance from Dutrieve to be like, they brought in this 18-year-old white kid in front of me. For all we know, it's that. Maybe there is something deeper. Maybe there are personal issues at play. Maybe he was not happy here. He's not the first player to to be kicked off the team. He's not the first player to want to transfer or leave. I have it from other sources of players such as Paris Austin who transferred that were unhappy with their playing time, unhappy with Leon Rice in particular. Um, we heard similar stories about Ray J. Dennis last year. I don't know if uh, if Leon Rice is 
the best players coach, if you would say. Yeah, that's something. But there's other players that have been known to have Leon's back to their bed. So it, it's hard to say for sure. At the end of the day, we're one and zero as a team without Dutrieve. So let's talk about the repercussions. Yeah. So Devin Dutrieve, one of our, if you want to say, big four with Shaver, Aikot, and Kijab coming into the season. He is one of our Pac-12 transfers, one of our big names, was one of the people with some preseason expectations, some accolades, both last year and this year, some some real expectations that he would be a key part of of this team. For sure. Was struggling offensively to say the least. So was everyone on the team, though? Of course. That's, you know, that's fair. He shot 7 of 30 from 3 at 23% clip from, from beyond the arc this year. So, not not like that shooter. The repercussions, the, the results, the direct consequences of, of Dutrieve being off this team, for, again, whatever reason it is, and... I hope he's okay with whatever's happening. Tyson Dagenhart is now not only starting, but one of the most important players on the team and getting some of the most minutes on the team. Yep. Dagenhart replaced Dutrieve in the starting lineup before the St. Louis game, which is what led to whatever happened. In the two games, he... He had 11 points and six rebounds against St. Louis. And tonight against Tulsa, he had 11 points and three rebounds. But he had 11 points on just five shots compared to 11 shots for Akai, 11 shots for Shaver, and 12 shots for Kijab. So... Nice efficiency from from Degenhart. He does add something to the offense. The pick and pop is a really nice nice game, and it's something that we've been missing with this lineup. The lack of three-point shooting has been a a pretty constant complaint from ourselves as well as the fan base at large. Degenhart adds that. He had some nice size. He worked hard. He's a really good cutter. A lot of his baskets come from, from easy buckets under the basket off backdoor cuts and and slip screens. It's it's been nice to see. It's a lot of pressure for for a freshman. We talked about what his role would be this season. I think it's more than either of us thought. I think it's more than anyone thought, and this Dutrieve stuff really put it put it at the forefront. If he can average, you know, if he can score eleven a game, that's some really nice offensive output. And that's a little more than we were getting from Dutrieve, honestly, and a far more efficient version at the least. Dutrieve was averaging nine points a game, but a lot of missed shots there. Exactly. A lot, of, a, a lot of redundancy to the kind of players we're getting from from Kijab and Acott. One last footnote on Dagenhart before we move on. Second most minutes tonight. Only person that played more minutes was Shaver. Junior, Dagenhart had more minutes than Kijab and Acott. So, 
shows you how much faith Leon Rice has in him. Um, yeah, and, and we've seen Leon go to go to freshman before. It's not the biggest shock, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. It's been a nice addition through two games. Nothing to complain about. Uh, I didn't fully believe in, in Degan Hart, but I'm pleasantly surprised. But let's let's talk about some of the other repercussions. So, just the surface level once today, it was a lot of match rights. Yep. A lot of match rights. We had 23 minutes of Max Rice. And you felt every one of those 23 minutes. Our bench was already struggling. Um, we we do not have a solid bench in it. Our bench routinely struggles to keep up with other teams' second units. The, our, Did you call it? That's why they call us the Denver Nuggets in the Mountain West. They do call us the Denver Nuggets in the Mountain West. And we're going to feel that even more now. Yeah. I mean, I, I like what we got from Najee Smith today in 14 minutes, but... Kuz kind of disappeared we, today. We, I mean, we only had... We only played eight. Had a couple minutes from Kuzmanovic, felt minimal. Yeah. Um, talking about... So, I, this kind of adds into this also, into the whole Max Rice thing. Can we afford to just play Max Rice 23 minutes a game? I don't know. There is people talking. One of the rumors from the whole Dutrieff situation is, are we going to burn one of the other freshmen's red shirts? Obviously. Yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Because I understand it, and I like the idea of getting them minutes. I, I think it's important for guys to get reps to, to be ready. We're going to lose a lot this year. We lose basically everything. Yeah. So getting getting somebody ready could be beneficial. Counterpoint, this this team is, is not very good. It's This team needs to win the Mountain West Tournament. It's not impossible, but it's going to be an uphill climb from, from this point on. Is it worth burning the red shirt of one of these freshmen? I think no. If you look at kind of what our trajectory is this season, I think it makes more sense to save them and let them get a full year of building under the system this year in practice, and then next year we'll have a full four years with them and Hopefully we can build because, like you said, we lose quite a bit this year, and I I think I want to save them because we don't have much next year, and also we have young players on this roster that haven't gotten a chance really yet that I wouldn't mind. I mean, they haven't looked. If you look at players like Sam Winter, Burke Smith, uh, Kason Pryor, um. These are sophomores that really haven't gotten a chance. I would rather see them at least get some minutes first before we overreact and burn a freshman's red shirt. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that's fair. I I don't think there's a clear-cut answer. I think Leon Rice doesn't know. If you look at the, the box scores from St. Louis, which was... Again, a very frustrating <laughs> overtime loss, but Max Rice played only six minutes against, with overtime included, played only six minutes against St. Louis, 
Whereas Kuzmanovic played 21. Kuzmanovic hit three threes. He scored 11 points. Now tonight, that was kind of flipped with Kuzmanovic only getting nine minutes and Max Rice playing 23. And so, was that an overreaction to Kuzmanovic's struggles defensively? It might be, but I thought I mean, Kuzmanovic hit some big threes. Yeah. Now, again, he, he got a lot of minutes. But he hit, he hit some shots, and this is a team that desperately needs shooting. And Rice is not providing any shooting. <coughs> Zero. So, and I mean, that's where it gets tempting to burn RJ RJ Keene's red shirt because he is supposedly one of the best shooters on the squad. If you, if you, if you listen to the people that know people that know people, like he is the Steph Curry of the team or however you want to put it. Um, which is the best shooter in Boise State history, the pride of Longmount, Colorado. This is not... That is disrespectful uh, to the namesake of this podcast, and you know it. But Justinian Jessup is second to Nick Duncan, yes. All right. I, only because he's our namesake, but the pride of Longmont, Colorado, I'm going to petition for us to change our podcast to the podcast Longmont, Colorado. But, um, but it, regardless... It's one of those that can we play with six people on the court so we have Kuz and Rice out there? Is does that help? I don't know. Um, I mean, you combine them, and you still don't have any defense. So. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What? So, uh, Sergio Pettis was down four rounds and just spinning heel kicked uh, Horiguchi to win the title. Wow. Um, obviously, gonna. I don't know if I'm going to edit this out. Um, Look, I, I think everybody should come to Dunkin' Donuts for their combat sports needs. We got a great weekend. We got Devin Haney tomorrow night. We got Tank Davis on Sunday. Uh, and also, Jose Aldo, the, your favorite Jose fighter's Aldo. favorite fighter is Jose Aldo, and he's fighting this Saturday. Jose Aldo. That's what I said. You said Jose. Jose. Oh, Jose Aldo. Regardless, my favorite take on Twitter I saw is he's your favorite fighter's favorite fighter because all the fighters were just wanting to meet him, like at weigh-ins and press conferences and stuff. All right, let's get back on basketball. Sorry, I, I just right. saw the knockout and let's freaked wrap, out. Let's wrap, let's wrap this up. We are a shallow team. We are a team without shooting. Maybe RJ Keene does help more than, than we think. Maybe he is ready. Maybe he can be Max Rice. <laughs> The jump shot, which is all Max Rice is really supposed to do. Maybe Max Rice finally finds this shot. Who knows? I mean, whether it's whether it's Kuzmanovic, whether it's Max Rice, whether it's RJ Keane, shooting is necessary, and shooting off the bench is so 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 desperately needed with Dagenhart moving to the starting lineup. Now Dagenhart's getting minutes to play with both the starters and the bench unit right now. 
I don't know if that's sustainable. He's playing a lot of minutes. Yeah, and that's... I would like more Najee Smith time. I think he can do more. He's only getting, you know, 14 minutes a night. I think he's capable. His conditioning is. I don't know where that's at. I, I don't know. I hope Leon Rice knows more than we do. I hope he has some sort of plan to combat this because whether you like your team or not, whether you think he's at fault or not, he leaves a, a hole in this team. If not from his individual performance, just because he is another body that could contribute, that we are now down. Absolutely. This was, already, this was already a team without depth that really didn't have much to, couldn't afford to lose much. For sure. While, while we're state of the union in Boise State, I do want to touch on a couple small things. Utah Valley is looking like a better and better win. Uh, we are Utah Valley's only loss, and Utah Valley just went and upset BYU. So, on paper, that is by far looking like our best win right now. Um, so, shout out Utah Valley. Shout out the Wolverines. Way to help our abysmal strength of schedule. Yeah, I mean, I was super happy to watch you beat BYU, and I would love to watch you beat that I would love to watch BYU lose anytime, anywhere. But I don't think we're at a point where we can even hang our hat on strength of schedule anymore. No, no, not really. I just wanted to take a jab at BYU. Not going to lie. Yeah. No, that's fine. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, because Ole Miss is still our best win. I just saw an opportunity to attack BYU. Also, why we're looking at everything... I want to touch a little bit on the future. We play Cal State Northridge. Just saying Cal State is giving me, like, worries. But Cal State Northridge is supposed to be the lesser of the Cal States, I think. That's what they said about Bakersfield after we lost to Irvine. Yeah. We're projected to beat Cal State Northridge. I have nothing to say about them. Cal State Northridge's best win is probably against Dixie State, and they have a loss to Eastern Washington. Another one that if we lose, I'm just going to want to like never watch a Boise State game again. Uh, rest of the schedule coming up is, on paper, looks like games that we should win, but still have... So many other games this year. Prairie View, AMM, Santa Clara, Montana Tech are the next three games after that. If we don't go 4-0 in that, pretty pretty ready to just be done with the season. Overall, Kimpom still has our projected record at 18-13. and 13. Nick, over under 18 wins this season. Really? Yeah. Alright, so we're at four right now, so we need 14 more wins. Assuming I, we get... I know, I know, I'm, look, I'm very inconsistent, I understand. I'm the most cynical, negative person about Boise State team, but I talk myself into it. I love this team too much. There's a part of me, and just the, the really the smallest part 
because this team did not look good tonight and should not have won in really a, a bad Tulsa team that we needed a shot. We needed about five tenths of a second to keep us from probably going to overtime against at home. Yeah. With the shot that was overturned. Maybe the chemistry stuff gets better. Maybe we get some addition addition by subtraction with Duchenne off the team. Maybe it does help the chemistry, but maybe it also helps the fit. Maybe it gets Dagenard in there and gets some shooting. Maybe that's what, you know, we need for, for Kuzmanovic. I don't know. So, just hope. If you... Um, Let's just hope that Leon Rice can figure figure it out. And it's hard to be super optimistic or, or believe in Mech and Leon Rice at this point. We have not been huge Leon Rice guys for quite a few years now. I've been, you know, the last five or so myself. And he hasn't been doing himself any favors. But maybe this is the year that he proves us wrong. Yeah, I mean, 18 wins is not great. No, and if you look if at... The Mountain West is not loaded. We we need 14 more wins to get there. We just said we should go 4-0 in the next four games. Which means we'd have to win 10 in conference, 9 if we pull the Washington State upset. If you look at the Ken Palm results, the games that they have us losing that are close... They have us losing by one point on the road to Wyoming. Wyoming's undefeated, but hasn't beat a team in the top 130. They have us losing at Fresno State by one. Obviously, another close one there. And then they have us losing at home to San Diego State by one. All three of those games are probably, hopefully, toss-ups. If you, I'm going to say under 18. No, you can also make a case that we'll probably lose a couple that we should win. Yeah, and that's the case. I'm, I, I do think we finish under 18 wins. I don't think it's by much. I think we'll finish with 17 or 16 wins. If you look at some of the games that they have us winning, uh, I think there's a chance. I mean, they playing Santa Clara. Santa Clara hasn't been bad. The West Coast is one of the best non-Power 7 conferences, or however you want to say it. And then Colorado State has been insane. They have us beating Colorado State at home. So, obviously, Boise State's been known to win games they shouldn't. They've been known to lose games they shouldn't. Kind of a uh, staple of the Boise State basketball franchise and part of the reason that we keep watching. And part of the reason we hate this team so much. Also part of the reason we love them. You mentioned Wyoming. I want to talk about Wyoming for two reasons. One, because one of the reasons I'm opposed to moving on from Leon Rice and more so just don't think we will is I don't know who you find that's a, a better replacement that wants to come here. We're not an illustrious basketball program. We don't have any story history. Recruiting's not going to be super easy. We don't obviously have a, a great area for basketball. I don't know who has no connection to Boise State that's like, hmm, let me go there. I, I don't see it. Yeah. I think if we move on, I think it's somebody connected. 
Jeff Linder is I what I would say would be the number one uh, rumored coach if that were to happen. He's coach at Northern Colorado and he's currently the coach of Wyoming. I just think that's an interesting thing. He was an assistant coach here and he's a, a Leon Rice product. He was here for six years. I just think that's an interesting thing to look out for. The other thing is I want to talk about BJ Reigns had a tweet saying, would you rather be 7-0 and with no wins against top 150 teams or whatever like Wyoming or 3-4 and with a good schedule like us? And that is the most individually moronic question I've ever seen in the history of questions. The internet is a place of nothing but toxicity and more moronic interactions. And somehow he topped this. Why would we want to be three and four? This team is miserable to watch. We have terrible losses. We are awful basketball to watch. And we're just stuck in this weird purgatory. We're, we're not bad enough to just give up on every game because we're in these close games with bad teams. We scored 39 points against UC Bakersfield. And we wouldn't want to be 7-0 because of strength of schedule. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Way to go in on BJ Reigns. Jude just starts his new website and you're just dunking on him. But you're not wrong. Um, BJ Reigns, good for you starting your website. It's not getting great reviews so far from what I've seen. I'm not a huge paywall fan, but good for you. Hope it works out. Don't be an idiot. Why would we not want to be 7-0? and Yeah, there, there's no, I don't, I, like, if you told me that we could be 6-1 and one with a top 10 win or 7-0 and with no, then maybe. But there's no case in which I'm going to say I would rather have a losing record than a winning record. Yeah, let alone be undefeated. Yeah. Also, this is not like a fun three and four. Now we're four and four. No. Our losses are still bad. Our losses are bad. St. Louis and UC Bakersfield at home are not exactly Duke and Carolina. What have um, you could argue that we have three fun wins? I guess we only have four wins. Tonight wasn't a fun win. Utah Valley was fun because it was a blowout and we were undefeated. Temple was fun because Temple was seemingly a decent opponent and it was a blowout and we looked good. And Ole Miss was fun because Ole Miss is a good team. Every other game we've played. Besides, I'll say St. Bonaventure wasn't miserable. Losing was miserable. But UC Irvine, miserable game. CSU Bakersfield, miserable game. St. Louis, absolutely miserable game. And Tulsa, was. this game wasn't fun. I, I won't say it was miserable, but this game wasn't fun. I think the last two games, now, we came out on the losing side against St. Louis and the winning side against Tulsa. Those could have went either way, both games. And they were both just absolutely miserable to watch. It is so frustrating to watch this team offensively. Even when we're scoring points, unlike the, the Bakersfield game, these were better offensive performances and just so frustrating. The turnovers, the missed free throws, I mean, just inexcusable mistakes. Yeah, and there's just no sign that it's ever going to get better. So, State of the Union wrapped up, not to be doom and gloom, Probably not our year. 
we're going to keep watching. We're going to keep potting. We're not going to be happy. This is an extremely frustrating team. For sure. I'm just hoping that we can ruin someone else's season. That's what it really comes down to. Like, if we can ruin San Diego State's or Colorado State's season. This um, team's talented. They can beat anybody. I do believe it. For sure. This is still one of the more talented Boise State teams we've seen. Defensively, it might be the best de- defensive team in the Leon Rice era. And the, the offensive skill, while incredibly frustrating and ugly at times, is there. It's, it's not like there's just a bunch of incompetence offensively. I mean, ACOT, Kijab, and Shaver can all can all put the ball in the basket, even if it's not efficient or it's not always pretty. Yeah, and I mean, this team has the ability to win, and we could rattle off a nice win streak. It's still just going to be frustrating when we get to the tournament and need to win. And I would like to add... I say we need to win the tournam- uh, Mountain West Tournament to get into the tournament. This team has the talent to do that. There's no doubt in my mind that we have the the talent to win the Mountain West Tournament. So it, It's not the most optimistic thought since Leon Rice teams have underperformed and failed to live up to expectations basically year in and year out in the Mountain West Tournament. But maybe with no expectations, the team that is underperformed in the regular season could flip that narrative. I don't know. I mean, we're we're frustrated, but we're not hopeless here. This is this is still a talented team. Yeah, we're we're just frustrated because we care and we know they can do better. And we know you do too, and we appreciate all of you fans for for listening and hearing us gripe and complain, and we know you all feel the same. We'd love to hear more from you. You can always reach out to us on Twitter. I am not the fake NC, all underscores. He is Peter Huguenin. One. One. And the the show's Twitter is... One Dunkin Donut. Follow us on Twitter. Follow our One Dunkin yeah, Donut account. We appreciate all the feedback we've gotten. It was great to talk to some fans uh, at the game tonight. Uh, it, it is what it is with this team. The love-hate relationship is always going to be there. It, we love this team so much, it just leads to hate. And it's always going to be the case. But it's not going to stop us. We, we're we're, we're going to keep rooting for this team. Anyways, thanks for listening. This has been Dunkin' Donuts, a Boys State basketball podcast. I'm Nick Carinanti. That's Peter Huguenin with Bronchitis. And thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Go Broncos.